Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 828, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Let's read the passage. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. They do everything to be seen by others. They enlarge their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love the place of honor at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called rabbi by people. But you are not to be called rabbi, because you have one teacher, and you are all brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father, because you have one father who is in heaven. You are not to be called instructors either, because you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're in the latter portion of his Gospel where Jesus is in Jerusalem. Jesus had been telling his disciples he was going to Jerusalem. He would be abused by the religious leaders, arrested, executed, but rise on the third day. And he's been interacting with the religious leaders. They came to him and asked what authority he had to do the things he did and who gave him that authority. He responded with three parables. And the parables were about them, showing that they really were not doing the will of God and were facing judgment by God. They recognized that he was speaking about them and started looking for a way to arrest him. So we had this series of challenges where different groups came to give him a trick question to get him to publicly say something to get him in trouble. The Pharisees and the Herodians came to him and asked him about, was it lawful to pay taxes to Rome? Then the Sadducees came and asked him a question about marriage and the resurrection. Then an expert in the law came and asked him about the greatest commandment. Then Jesus spoke to the Pharisees as a group and asked them their understanding of whose son the Messiah would be. They said David. And then he basically said the Messiah is much more than just the son of David. Now there was an unstated but unfolding rest of the story coming here about who the Messiah is the son of, and that's leading up to the understanding that he is the son of God. Well, we start now in chapter 23. Jesus is finished dealing directly with those giving him the challenges. And now all of chapter 23 is a criticism of the religious leaders. He's just shut down the Pharisees, and this is the group he's speaking about and speaking to. He's criticizing all of the religious leaders, but he's specifically mentioning the scribes and the Pharisees. Hey, well, what about the Sadducees? They're the ones probably going to have more to do with having Jesus executed than anyone else. They control the temple. They control the more the political realm of things. But the Pharisees and the scribes have probably more direct role in leading the people in their normal, everyday lives from a religious perspective. 
Let's pick it up in chapter 23, verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples. Well, we've got to figure there's probably some of the religious leaders still there listening, taking notes. But he's addressing the crowds and his disciples. Verse 2. The scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Let's pause there. What does that mean, seated in the chair of Moses? Well, teachers sit in this culture, and when teaching in the synagogue, you sit in a chair at the front of the synagogue. Some people think that maybe that was called the chair of Moses because the teaching was the law from Moses. Some think, no, that's not what it was really called, but the idea of the chair of Moses would be like a position of authority depending on the authority of Moses as the giver of the law. And they did consider themselves to be carrying on the tradition of Moses and speaking on behalf of Moses. So they are seated in the chair of Moses, meaning they're the ones carrying on the tradition of the authority of the law. Verse 3, Therefore do whatever they tell you and observe it, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. There's a lot of debate about this. You know, what exactly does Jesus mean here? Because he's really criticized a lot of their teaching, particularly when he was dealing with them and their Sabbath teaching, saying, you're teaching it all wrong here. So he says, do whatever they tell you and observe it. Something he's really speaking ironically here, that maybe you could even translate that as, well, do what they tell you to do if you must, but certainly don't do what they do. It's hard to say. I'm not convinced on that. But I think what he's really saying here is if they are really teaching the law of Moses, then follow that. Do what they say because you're following Scripture. But don't follow them. Don't follow them because they are bad models to follow. And he says they don't practice what they teach. Does that mean they don't follow the rules they teach? No, they're pretty serious about following the rules. That's where it's hard to really get exactly what Jesus means here. I think maybe the best way to understand it is the actual message of the Scripture is not a bunch of rules to follow. It is about how to know God. And that's not what they're doing. They're just following rules. They're not about actually knowing God. Verse 4. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. This is speaking of legalism, and that's what they're all about. The way you please God is following the rules. God is a judge who will judge you for every mistake you make, and so your goal is to not make mistakes. Your goal is to follow the rules, and not even follow the rules to the best of your ability. Follow them exactly, and that's legalism, and that is a heavy burden. When he says aren't willing to lift a finger to move them, that's where, what is their goal? Their goal is rule following versus people helping. There's a big difference there. Your goal, people helping, is understanding it's hard to follow the rules. So how do you help the people to follow the rules as best they can? How do you help people struggling? And so their goal is not to help people. Their goal is to follow rules. Verse 5, they do everything to be seen by others. So it's all talking about here external things. It's all about external rules. How do you look? They enlarge their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. 
The phylacteries are these little leather boxes that you put scripture inside and wear them on your head and on your arms. And they're spoken of in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, 8 is talking about commands of God. We're told, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Well, they take that as literal. You're to take these rules, write them down, and tie them to your forehead. Tie them to your arms. Well, okay, if you're just being legalistic about things, I think the original is speaking more metaphorically. Bind them as a sign on your hand, meaning what you actually do follow God's commands. And let them be a symbol on your forehead, probably speaking more of how you think. Think the way God would have you think versus tie little pieces of scripture to your body and that will make God happy with you. The tassels, they were told in Numbers 15 to have tassels on the corners of their garments. And then we're told in the next verse, Numbers 15, 39, and the purpose of that is so every time you look at these tassels, you're reminded that you are a child of God. Consider how best to follow God every aspect of your life. But these things have become an outward show of religious piety. So I can have the biggest phylactery, little pouch with the scripture in it, and the longest tassels, so that I can be seen by others as being very obedient to the rules of God. Verse 6. They love the place of honor at banquets, the front seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and to be called rabbi by people. So it's all about being seen and being admired being seen as religious. Verse 8, but you are not to be called rabbi because you have one teacher and you are all brothers and sisters. So rabbi just literally means teacher here. And so this is in contrast to the Pharisees and the scribes who love to be called rabbi. He says, no, that shouldn't be your motivation. You're all equal. Verse 9, do not call anyone on earth your father, because you have one father who is in heaven. There's a debate about what this means in that specific time. Who was it who was called father? And it's people who are highly respected, people seen as authorities. And then verse 10, you're not to be called instructors either, because you have one instructor, the Messiah. Now, it literally means something like guide. That's the only time you see this word in the New Testament, instructor. And so what's the difference between instructor and a teacher? I don't know there really is a difference. But all these together, they're basically saying Jesus is your only authority. And that's the real thrust here is authority. Does this mean we can't have teachers or instructors? Well, the issue is not titles, but attitude. The issue is authority. So what he's dealing here is titles for the sake of status and authority. And they say, no, you don't have status over one another. You're all equal. Humility is the standard for relationships among Christians. And authority comes from God. Authority comes through the word of God. It doesn't come from a teacher. Jesus is the one teacher. Then verse 11, the greatest among you will be your servant. We've seen this several times, this idea of humility. Verse 12, whoever humbles himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. We've seen that language several times here. The first will be last and the last will be first. There's always a danger, continuing danger. And it's just as big a deal today as it was then. 
of teachers or preachers being elevated and trust being placed in them versus the Bible. Now, I say this, but here I am acting as a teacher slash instructor on this podcast, studying the Bible, guiding people in the Bible. But there's no authority from me here. I, I hope I'm very clear about that on a regular basis that this is not my authority. The authority is God's word. But sometimes it's hard to understand God's word. Sometimes it is so incredibly simple and plain, but sometimes it is hard and seeing how things fit together. And so I do this to help understand God's word, which is the authority. And hopefully I am helping you to understand and apply God's word. Now, sometimes there is opinion. And I try to be honest when I'm giving you my opinion and say, well, there's a lot of debate here. Here's what I think. That's my opinion. But that's not authority. And what Jesus is criticizing here is people who speak with authority. Remember, that was one of the things that people were amazed about Jesus' teachings. Jesus spoke as one with authority. This isn't so because I say it's so. This is so because God said it is so. And hopefully you're studying along with me and we can see, okay, what is it that God is actually saying? And then how do we apply that to our lives? So Jesus is being very critical of the scribes and Pharisees here who are very instrumental in the daily living of the Jewish people because they're the ones providing the regular instruction in the synagogues. The ones saying, thus saith the Lord. Well, if you're going to stand up, front of people and say, thus saith the Lord, you better be sure that the Lord has thus said. And anything you're standing for people giving in religious instruction, it has to be thus saith the Lord. Otherwise, it's just opinion. God is the only authority. But luckily, he's given us his word and he's given us the Holy Spirit. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.